Hey, Chismosas. I'm Egby. I'm Stephanie. And we are Spooky Ladies. The Queens. <laughs> it's fall, y'all. Some, someone's excited for this. It's movie. my season. It's a good season. It's my one of my favorites. Love it. Now, all the planets could get out of Gatorade. We'd be on to something. Do you believe in that stuff? I mean, sometimes things be happening. Because <laughs> I feel like people use that all the time, no matter what time of year it is. Like, like oh, must be in retrograde. What? You all don't know what planets are what. That just drives me crazy because I, I feel like people use that term all year long. Hmm. Whatever. It's fall. <laughs> it's Libra season. We don't care. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesemit Queens. If you are new to the podcast, Cheesemit means gossip. And we gossiping about Married at First Sight. We got all the tea. We got all the Cheesemit. Not we gossiping. We gossiping. (laughs) And we're covering episode 12 of season 15 in sunny San Diego. But first, Igby, do you got any Cheesemit? I do. Uh, again, as usual, you know, it's been pretty dry out here. Nobody's showing their ass, unfortunately. <laughs> well, people have noticed. I know we've talked about season 11, a couple Miles and Karen a few times because it's very will they, won't they, will they, won't they. And it looks like they won't. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh, but that was pretty funny how you phrased it. <laughs> Well, it looks like Karen is being very high school on Instagram. She has unfollowed Miles again for like the fifth time. Um, She no longer lists Married at First Sight in her profile. And uh, she's also untagged all of his photos, taken all the likes down. So it looks like they might be done done. People are speculating they are not announcing anything because they do apparently still have that trip to Dubai for New Year's. So people think they're waiting for that to be over to then officially announce that they're not together could you imagine did i say this before having to like spend new year's with your ex in (laughs) (laughs) or you could get revenge and find like a rich prince (laughs) i'd bring a date just for spite because i'm petty like that i'm not gonna say what you have to do to get that prince (laughs) (laughs) but there you know if you've been on the internet you know yeah we'll see what becomes of that if it's true, then that means that Amani and Woody will be the sole survivors of that season. The only Dang. ones who married. That sucks. Stranger things have happened, especially on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Gil last week and his trip to Senegal. Mm-hmm. We checked it out so you don't have to because there's not a lot to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks nice. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that because, like, I'm thinking about his stories and he's, like, in, like, slave quarters and shit. No, I'm talking about, like, when he's poolside and stuff like that. But that's what immediately came to my mind. I was like, that didn't look nice. I didn't see those stories. That doesn't sound nice. Um, But, yeah, it seems to be him and a photographer on this trip because there are no pictures. There's nobody else around. It's just him. And whoever's taking the photos and the videos. Uh, even on the company that's sponsoring the trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't have any videos up or pictures or anything. That's so weird. Even like the takeover that he did on Monday. Mm-hmm. 
they didn't like save it to their stories or pin it or anything. So to me, it looks like Gil went on a trip for free by himself with someone to take his pictures. Yeah. And the only other thing I have is, uh, you know, you wanna if you wanna wish your favorite married at first sight cheater a happy birthday, uh, send one up for your boy Zach from <laughs> Houston. He turns the big two nine today, I believe. So have fun at the club. I'm sure you will. Actually, I also saw a post about somebody who ran into him, like on the street, and how oh, much yeah. he like hates the show. I'm well, like, what did you do? <laughs> he, yeah, he had like a freaking complete mental breakdown after. So I don't blaming him. I don't blame him for hating it. But like, you did it, bro. All all the aftermath was all on you and yep. your sloppiness. Yeah. So well, that's all I got. Okay. In the streets. Yeah, it is. I have a few little things. Um, one of them is apparently there's a married at first sight run club, kind of, <laughs> uh, apparently some of the cast members from different seasons uh, are runners and they have tagged each other and have used the hashtag M A F S run club. But when you search that, nothing comes up. So that's interesting. Let's see what I have screenshot here is Lindsay and her accountability partners are Olivia uh, Beth and Jessica, and she is tagging Michael from Hershey's. So okay. that's it. Yeah, so far. And then um, I haven't seen anything since. So I guess the accountability partner system is not working. Fantastic! This was a genius had, idea. <laughs> it it worked for like three days, and then after that, I didn't see anything else. So, but then again, I wasn't so hard up on the on the gram this week. So maybe they're running and just not partaking in the storytelling. Maybe. I know I've seen similar stuff from um, like Vince. I know sometimes when he's doing his like in the car on the way to the gym type uh, videos, he'll like, uh, I don't know, audio tag people. I'm mm. like, okay, if you are seeing this, this person, this person, this person, this person, let me see you at the gym and blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of thing. But not like an official thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think they're trying to make it a thing, but it's not a thing yet. Um, speaking of Vince, I saw a story uh, Brianna posted about. She posted right after her um, her baby checkup, and um, they put this thing around. I, I guess she's she's at that point where they put it around to measure her stress, right? It's like a stress test kind of thing. And the baby didn't like it, and immediately started kicking and kicking, kicking like get this shit off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but she said baby's really healthy everything's going really well so she was really happy and excited so that was cute i forgot that's, about that that's good yeah i saw a story today where cookie was in trouble for eating a red apple on the white couch cookie is the least of the problems <laughs> coming up right so next i have a casting call from kinetic content <laughs> that's hard to say kinetic content and they are looking for single moms because I guess representation for a dating show for a dating show it says for a brand new dating series made for television do you feel like you're in your prime and not having any luck when it comes to dating are you ready to experience romance and excitement in an exotic location with a man selected specifically for you if the answer is yes apply today must be 21 and up um I think it's okay if they don't show any of the children or bring them anywhere near this mess. <laughs> Absolutely. That. That's what I mean. Sometimes, like, I get really 
irritated like on 90 day and they bring the kids in and they interview the kids i'm like leave the kids out of this it's not their fault their parents make terrible terrible choice but hmm. curious to see what the name of this show is going to be called it'll be better than five hoes in the house <laughs> is that still on <laughs> no i don't think so because now after party comes on in its time slot <laughs> So I sent the single mom casting call to my friend and she said, I literally tell people I would never go on a reality show because they always throw you in a bikini. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> That's all the flaw she has in this program. <laughs> she does have a point though. This is true. I mean, it is true. It's really funny. Anyway, um, next I sat through a Lindsay storytelling. She is always on. Um, and she was just going on and on about how her exes always realize too late how good of a person she is and how much of a catch she is and how much they have blessed her life. And they always try to come back. She says she hasn't dated not one person who didn't try and get her back. And now she's done with all that because she has a boyfriend now. We got a little bit of a hand today of the boyfriend. He is drinking a um, some sort of fruity martini um but yeah so that was interesting so that was that's the cheese that she has a boyfriend but she went through this whole storytelling and on the last slide it was like oh and my boyfriend and i laugh at you basically so stupid <laughs> then uh do you think one of her exes is mark the shark is he regretting his his decision on decision day <laughs> or not decision decision day on his post decision day well according to her she apparently is. <laughs> They always come back, but um... I mean they do. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. She said, "Not one, not one had slid by without coming right back." Crazy. Well, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> For I too have this problem, <laughs> <laughs> and they have some kind of calendar that they all work off of and share, and all just drop in at the same time is it when it's in retrograde all those planets <laughs> probably oh god don't say that <laughs> oh no we're trying to get some new things going that's right that's right i'm only manifesting the good new positive stuff um so speaking of her ex mark the shark started a new job he teased it last week and he started as a manager at starbucks that's cool is it i mean i like coffee i'm sure you'd hate it after working there <laughs> this is true this is true um yeah that's all i have that's the update for you. <laughs> and then last but not least spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert married at first sight fan has updated their predictions for um decision day they said that originally they had posted that three of the five couples stayed together on decision day and was told by a source that they were one off and they had thought okay well then it's four out of five but it was the other way around only two of the five couples stay married on decision day who are your guesses it's not that hard to guess lindy and miguel and mm -hmm. nate and stosh yep those are the two that say yes everybody else gets divorced and supposedly allegedly morgan and ben don't even make it to decision day which is completely believable they barely made it to the couch this week hell yeah ben just, just a head full of rock he really is really really is Him um, and lindy i'm like how are y'all like advanced degree professionals y'all are dumb shit <laughs> <laughs> just like just nothing behind the eyes 
I don't know. But yeah, that's all I have uh, for Chisme. Um, If y'all have any Chisme to send us, go ahead and DM us on Instagram. We are at Chisme Queens Podcast and on Twitter at Cheese Queens. Every Wednesday, Igby Live tweets the episode and it's always a party there. Yep, especially if you'd like to start <laughs> yourself. Hi, I see you. Oh my God, so funny. Don't be weird. Lifetime, make me the tweet of the week, damn it. I know. You're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I see you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Married at First Sight, season 15, episode 12. Igby, hit me with title baby steps baby steps baby steps quote unquote <laughs> well let's bring up the baby and maybe not the baby steps let's go with lindy and miguel like that segue. i hated i hated the storyline <laughs> and yes excellent segue i try nice we appreciate it <laughs> so it opens with them sitting on the couch hanging out and Lindsay is talking about how they can overcome anything and they're just ready to take on whatever is get thrown at them and we get a voiceover from Dr. Pepper basically saying Lindy and Miguel are in such a good place. They don't need therapy. Um, so the theme in this week's episode was uh, Dr. Pia coming to visit the couples and, you know, help them work on whatever issues they're having at the moment. But Lindy and Miguel are just golden. So they don't need to talk to her. We'll give them an extra special uh, activity to do. So instead of Dr. Pia coming to visit, they're going to get a fake baby and a sex game at the same time. So at this point, they answer the door. There's like a basket with this brown skin baby (laughs) that they make sure they say a bunch of times (laughs) for some reason. And whose eyes never close. And doesn't have hair, like real hair. It's like spray painted on. Like um, Baby Alive, except Baby Alive's eyes closed. Well, we don't have that kind of budget on this show, okay? So this is what we could get from the local high school. (laughs) So they get the baby, take it in the house. Lindy is just like, this is the funniest thing that has ever happened. It's just so funny. She is dying laughing. I don't know why she thinks it's hilarious, but she does. And they decide to name the baby McGindy beautiful name for a lovely young boy (laughs) he won't get teased at all (laughs) they keep it on the list for uh, (laughs) a future if that happens which allegedly it doesn't so we get a voiceover from miguel and he says he's really into the activity it's the first glimpse he's going to get to see how they work as parents and he really hopes to be a good dad and wants that to happen sooner rather than later so you know that he was trying to get it in at the honeymoon for a reason. It's got babies on the brain. Yep. So once they get McGindy settled in, they decide to play the sex Jenga. And in again, this is another trope episode where all of these activities we've seen time and time and time and time again, season after season after season after season, they don't change. So as we've seen in previous seasons, they play the sex Jenga. And of course, one of the blocks says they have to do a body shot. And Lindy's like, I'm not a party girl. I've never done this before. Uh, Alcohol. Oh, goodness. In the (laughs) afternoon? In front of the baby? (laughs) But she doesn't even take the alcohol. Isn't it a mixer? She doesn't even drink it, period. Because after she does it, she's holding it in her hand and the glass is full. Oh. But I didn't think it was mixer because it was clear. Mm. Because that was my next note. Like, they do the body shot, but then they don't even do it right. Yeah didn't even do the shot there was no lime there was no licking there was no kiss what come on get it together people well maybe jose or 
What? I'm <laughs> Maybe Miguel doesn't know either because he's a nerd. <laughs> Maybe she just doesn't want to do it. I don't lick no hairy belly button. Gross. That's just me. <laughs> so the next scene we see is them getting ready for bed and it's all three of the Santiago snuggled up in bed. Lindy says that Miguel is a natural at being a dad and she can tell he's going to be a good baby daddy he does he's really taken with this little fake doll <laughs> and I, I had that in my notes later like okay this entire time that mcgindy is around miguel is the only one taking care of it <laughs> so i thought that was very interesting because every time like the baby's crying or whatever she's like freaking out because she doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. back in the interview or the itm she says that this is really you know putting thoughts in her head that Maybe a baby is something to consider now. She wants to start a family. It's important to her and she knows it's important to him as well. So it's now something to think about. And it cuts back to them in bed. The baby starts crying and like I said, they can't figure out what to do. Uh, But it turns out McGindy was just hungry and needed a bottle. Uh, Even this scene where she's like, why is it making that noise? (laughs) drinking she's like oh well like before they even give her give the bottle to the baby she's like hitting it on the back like burping it when it hasn't had anything to eat (laughs) i was like why is she hitting it she does not know any better no Uh, then at this point she says she would actually be breastfeeding and miguel asked if she wants to practice that Oh, God. She loves it, though. Mm -hmm. So then when we see them next, they're doing the couple's questions activity. But again, that gets interrupted by McGindy. (laughs) Again, the baby is screaming and they don't know what to do. They're trying to change the diaper with the clothes on and give it the bottle and rock him. And it's just hot mess. They're all rough taking off the onesie. I was like, damn. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Then... The final scene we see is, again, them all snuggled up in bed, and Lindy says McGindy was up the entire night crying every couple of hours, but Miguel was lovely enough to take care of him. And then we (laughs) see a clip of Miguel on the, like, CCTV where the baby is crying in the middle of the night, and he's walking around uh, the living room trying to get it to stop. Now, does Miguel sleep naked? Because they definitely blurred his crotch out. He is (laughs) butt-ass naked. He is butt-ass naked holding his baby, trying letting it all hang out, trying to comfort this baby. Yowzer. Yeah. But, I mean, that was pretty much it for them. Apparently, they're too good to, I don't know, be part of this episode. There was bigger fish to fry. I just thought it was really funny. Uh, you know, you have a sex doctor around for, you know, counseling and advice. And instead of visiting this couple and asking about their intimacy, you're going to throw a cock block instead. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, McGindy. I wonder how long McGindy will be around. I was going to say, how long do you think they had it? Oh, I think we won't ever see him again. (laughs) And I'm like starting to be like other people like, what does Lindy do? She doesn't cook. She doesn't take care of the baby. She doesn't go to work. (laughs) What are you doing all day? (laughs) She's filming him do things. (laughs) Apparently. All right, let's move it along to Kristen and Mitch. We open up with Mitch facetiming his pandemic buddy Shayna. apparently him and Shayna hung out like all the time and she's a good looking lady you're telling me nothing happened there that's what i said i was like just a neighbor mm, where's her husband 
or boyfriend neighbor. Yeah. Well, apparently she knows Mitch really well. And so he feels comfortable enough to call her and tell her all the marital problems that they were having. But mainly it's just this one thing where he has been cracking jokes in the bedroom. And since he did that during sex, making a joke during sex, um, that has made him feel insecure since she had such a big reaction to it. And he wants to let her know, let Kristen know how he feels <laughs> since she's done that. I was like, you're the one who did it. You're the one who made this happen. But apparently he feels like he's in a he's in a box now and has to be super serious and blah, blah, blah. And I like this lady. She's like, you know, cracking jokes during sex is not cool. It'll throw anyone off. So maybe don't do that. That would be great. And he needs to put more effort into talking with her and really listen to what she wants to do. And um, and then she also made it a point to say that he needs to show Kristen that he's attracted to her. I don't know what he said. And he tries to play that he doesn't remember what he said, but he knows exactly what he said. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. Well, she gave him grace and was like i'm not gonna embarrass you like that yeah she was really classy about it so that's the next scene dr pia comes to visit and starts asking about their trust and intimacy they both really feel like they have a good trust uh bond with each other uh, mitch says that putting aside all the conflict that they have he knows for sure that they have each other's back and dr people like pia was like yeah that's awesome uh, but let's dig deeper and let's play this game because that's what we do in therapy right so the first question they pull out of this uh, game is, who is your childhood hero or heroine? And Mitch has a hard time pronouncing the word heroine for some reason. Growing up, his childhood hero was always like the buff action hero types of guys. And um, he just attributes that to maybe cultural conditioning and him having a pretty active imagination where he would write stories about these heroes or make himself a hero of that kind. And Dr. Pia says that he, maybe he wanted to be the protector and the savior. But when she says that, Mitch seems like a little uncomfortable with that. Did you notice? He's like, uh, yeah, I guess. Not really, but okay. I feel like someone has called him a white savior in the past and maybe he's offended. Mm. <laughs> That's how I took that. Because <laughs> he has those vibes. I just thought he wasn't like thinking that deep he's just like mm. oh yeah i like Schwarzenegger movies yeah i like jean-claude van damme because right he kicked ass yeah maybe so maybe mitch isn't that deep so then Kristen says her mom was her childhood hero because she was a single mom came from nothing she's a cuban immigrant and now she's like super high in her company she makes lots of money she's really wealthy but not just financially in many many ways and then mitch asks if that's how she felt when she was a kid and Kristen says yes. And she says it really like kind of curt and with like attitude. And it just blows up to this whole thing where she's upset at him because she was trying to be vulnerable. And all she wanted from him was to appreciate her answer. And instead he's challenging her. And of course he's like, I didn't mean it that way. I'm so sorry you took it like that. I was just, you know, talking without thinking as usual. And Dr. Pia was like, well, look at that. Y'all owned your shit and you worked through it. Uh, I thought she, it was kind of a, a weird thing to blow up at. It was, I didn't think it was rude. Did you think it was rude? Yes. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> because I'm like her. Why are you questioning my answer? Because mm. again, this was just like it was at the karaoke thing. Like she was talking about her dreams and what she wanted to do. And then here he comes like, well, why do you want to do that? 
well, don't you think about this? And did, and it's like, okay, like, I, <laughs> where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I just thought it was, um, it was so quick. And I was like, oh, I think he was just speaking without thinking, which is exactly what he, I don't think he was malicious about it. And I don't think he had ill intent. And the quickness she had about it makes me feel like this happens a lot. Mm, that's a good point too. Real, like every time I say something, you have to come around and <laughs> yeah, like question it. Yeah, you're probably right on, right on with that. Yeah, spot on. Because that eye roll said it all to me. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn it again. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question uh, softens both of them up a little bit. It says, what kind of person do you think our children will become? Again, Mitch is um, kind of a dum-dum and doesn't know whose children they're talking about when it's obviously that you're in a couples therapy session and you're talking about your relationship. So it would be your children, duh. Um, But anyhow, he says that he thinks their kids would be pretty awesome and have a strong sense of that they know they are loved. And he thinks they would both run a pretty tight ship. And she agrees. And she said that they would both, they would get both the rule follower, which is her, and the rebel, which is him. And now it's time to talk about their sex life because she is a sex doctor. And um, yeah, so they said they put the the brakes on the sex because he cracked a joke. And neither, like we said, neither one of them wanted to share what Mitch actually said during sex. But it must have been pretty weird because they look pretty awkward about it. (laughs) I think it was a jizz joke. Oh, gross. That's exactly... And I don't even want to think about what he could have possibly said. Because it sounds like it was like mortifying. Well, like, why, why would you say or do that? Yeah. uh, For me, I thought it was maybe towards her because she said that like she wasn't, it was that she's really confident in herself. You know, she had made a comment, something to that nature. And I was like, oh my gosh, did he make a comment about her or her body or something? Um, I hope not. But either way, we'll we'll never know. Even when they talk later, I'm like, why are you telling us all of this? Yeah, it's too much. It's a little too much detail. (laughs) And his excuse is that he finds humor in everything. Igby, sex is funny. It's not like the movies. It's awkward and there's weird sounds and there's human fluid, etc. That's what made me think it was a joke about that. (laughs) Like, why would you say that? Kristen was like, it's not funny in a new fragile relationship. If this was 10 years down the line, maybe so. But we just have known each other a month, so maybe not make those jokes in the bedroom. Thanks. Um, She says last week was one of their best weeks emotionally. And that she wants that physical and emotional intimacy to match. Because right now they're not. She wants him to be vulnerable and open and... You know, last week, nothing had set him off into his Mitchism. She has already kind of named this sort of action where he blows off the handle. She just wants consistency. And she wants more good weeks before getting intimate again, which is all very reasonable. Next, we see them uh, with their trust and intimacy questions on the beach. The first question Kristen asks is, what would you think if you caught me watching porn? And they both laugh because it wouldn't be Kristen, it would be Mitch. And they don't really answer that one. Next... What is the toughest thing you've had ever overcome in your life? Apparently, Mitch tried to start a surfer sunscreen business before his dad, or it was right after his dad died. And again, it was like very environmental friendly and not a single use plastic. He put a lot of work into it and just couldn't make it happen. And after that, he fell into a depression 
probably a culmination of the dad passing away and the failing business and whatnot. But in the end, that led him to volunteer work and into a career he now loves and is passionate about. So it all worked out. And Kristen says that she didn't know that about him and that it was she thought he was very brave to try something like that. And just because it doesn't work didn't make really make him a failure because he's really successful now in his own right. So we go from super serious to what's your favorite sexual position and why? And they both like doggy style. I'm not even going to go into that more because he talks about it way too long. And we already knew this from his rap song. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Last question. How do you like to be held? And they hold each other on the beach. Mitt says take talking about sex is helping them build up their relationship again. And when they are ready to have sex again, these conversations will make it more natural and organic. And the last scene we have of them is doing the, what Kristen called touch sensation touch therapy. <laughs> Which is uh, kind of tantric yoga-ish, but there was no yoga. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mitch says he likes the activity. It lets them be close and intimate, but without the pressures of sex and performance. And there's just a bunch of giggling. And Kristen says this is exactly what they needed. And she's on the verge of being comfortable to be physical again. And that's all I have for them. One, could you imagine like sunscreen in a cardboard bottle or something? Like how is he going to do that without plastic? I don't know. Which is probably why this failed. <laughs> like you can't take cardboard to the beach. You can't take glass to the beach either. Exactly. I don't know what he was thinking. Like refill it. Refill it? Mm, Multi-use plastic. Multi-use. Mm. But then isn't that more waste because you have the refill thing on top of the... It's still a single... Yeah, it's a single use of the refill. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it, it, it didn't work out. <laughs> Two, if you're such a proponent of sunscreen, why are you not recommending it to your wife? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, girl, you live in San Diego. How are, why are you not wearing daily SPF, period? That goes for everybody. Anybody listening should be wearing sunscreen every day, period. I didn't go outside today. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that is why you will be looking raggedy by the time you're 60. Whatever. You need the sun protection. Because <laughs> she was looking a hot mess at the beach. And yeah, how are they always going to the beach? I still have this question. What do you mean? It's probably right there. I'd go no, to the beach every not. day if I, I could. Look it up. It's a 20 minute ride. <laughs> I used a map. But it's their thing. It's their thing. They like going to the beach. I would too. I'd go to the beach all the time. If I live right right close to it, I'd go all the time. Luna seemed to have a good time. Oh, did you see the preview for next week or the coming up on the season where she's surfing with Mitch? No, I didn't see that. It's so cute. Oh, <laughs> they have a, I saw that they have a bumpy, bumpy ride coming up, her and Mitch. Everybody. Everybody's screaming. I'm like, What's everybody, everybody. But you know how they do with those stupid previews. Yeah, they're like talking about McDonald's, but they cut it to make <laughs> it seem like they're having this huge fight and don't know if they're gonna get married. But really, it's like I wanted a quarter pounder and you got McNuggets. You cheated, but I was just hiding only a hundred dollars under the Monopoly board. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, have you ever seen that documentary about the Monopoly game for McDonald's? It's on HBO. I never watched it, but I listened to, I've heard about it on podcast. McMillian. 
Yeah, the McMillions. Yeah, it's a really good documentary. You should check it out. I used to play the shit out of that when it was out. Never won anything. Of course, because all the same people, all the same family members, and the mob won them. <laughs> Had nothing to do with us. We were never going to win. <laughs> I could have at least got a free fry or something. <laughs> There's a rumor that they're bringing back the um, trick-or-treat pails to McDonald's. On the 18th. Really? Just the 18th? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sure. that's when they're going to start having them. I used to love those, too. Me, too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get one, because, like... Um, I haven't had McDonald's since high school. Um, you know so, how long it's been since I had McDonald's? High school? No, like 23 hours. <laughs> I wanted a quarter pounder so bad for like the last week. I was like, I can't. I have to have one. And then I ate like a third of it and I was like, <laughs> You know, we watched that documentary together in high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Supersize me. Supersize me, yeah. Watched it in high school. Never since then. Never ate it. Except in Vegas, and I ate pancakes and hash browns. Before yesterday, I don't know the last time I went to McDonald's. <laughs> I wonder where those weird cravings come from, because they're like out of nowhere, and they're random ass, you know? And too, I have a thing with me. Like, I normally get sick when I eat, like, physically <laughs> sick when I eat McDonald's. Something about their, especially their beef. That's why I got a quarter pounder, because they changed the formula, and it's like real meat now. Oh, but no, the other burgers have the old McDonald's meat. <laughs> Ew. That's another, yeah, I don't eat McDonald's, any meat product whatsoever. Just hash browns, french fries, pancake. Yeah, that's it. I forgot their Coke hits different. <laughs> I got a Diet Coke and I was like, oh my God, this is like the strongest. <laughs> they got the strong Coke and the strong Sprite. It's like, damn, put extra in this shit. No wonder people are addicted to it. <laughs> Do they still sell the high C? They just brought it back, like oh, in like, the last I like year. I like it was gone C. for a while. They replaced it with like LeBron Sprite or something. Oh, weird! To bring back snack wrap. Snack wrap. That probably mm-hmm. nobody, nobody bought it. Oh, everybody bought it. A snack it's wrap a... isn't that just a tortilla with the chicken? Yeah, that's too healthy for McDonald's. Well, they need to bring. We want it back. It's up there with the Mexican pizza. I'm so glad that's back. I love the Mexican pizza. That was the only thing I liked at Taco Bell. There's no return on investment on the snack wraps. Too much chicken and too many tortillas. Get them little tortillas from H-E-B. <laughs> Those fuckers are small. <laughs> All right, let's move on. How about Ben and Morgan? Morgan. Morgan. Right. I can't believe these fools are still on here. And are still going to be being on here. I know. At least one more episode. I hope just one more. I can't stand this. And they can't stand it either. <laughs> just let them go. Because it's like talking to a bag of flour. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting there. Ding, 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 ding. Blinking his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> his mouth open. Uh, exactly. Catch a fly in there. Probably. So yeah, I said if Awkward were two people on a couch, it would be this couple. <laughs> They're in the shared apartment that they don't live in together. Uh, sitting in silence, waiting for Dr. Pia. Ben tries to start a conversation and ask Morgan if she's ready for the session, and she says no. Ben (laughs) doesn't even look at him. She says she came here straight from work. She's here to do this interview per her contract, and then she's going home to her real home (laughs) to go uh, get out her aggression on Call of Duty (laughs) or maybe go to the gym if she has time. So Ben says that he's looking forward to talking to Dr. Pia and maybe making some amends. So this is when we get the knock on the door. 
Dr. Pia comes in. Did you notice her like dry ass hugs? So yes, they were, it's, they were dependent on who she was hugging. She gave full hugs, I think to like excited hugs, even if they were just one arm to Mm -hmm. um, Stasha and Lindy, but Alexis barely tapped her. Alexis wasn't having it and neither was Morgan. Morgan's over it. Mm. I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know if Stasha is affiliated, but I feel like they're sorority sisters. <laughs> Might, maybe. It's they're about giving. the same, same age, I think. They're, yeah, they look like they belong to that organization. No shade, but. So they sit down and Dr. P asks them how things are going since the last time she saw them. And Morgan says that it's really just been disappointing because she came into the experiment hopeful to find a partner. And at this point, she starts to get emotional and starts to cry. Now, I asked on Twitter if we're buying these tears. What say you? Is this waterworks for show? No, I think they're real, but all about the wrong things. Like, she's not crying over Ben. I think she's just exhausted because this is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And she's at that point, you know, you know how it is. Like when you've already thought about something over and over again, and it's like you, you, it's beaten a dead horse and you have to talk about it again and people keep bringing it up. And um, I think it's more of, I'm tired of talking about this. Can't we just finish this? <laughs> I didn't get what I want. Like it's a bunch of, it's unlike Ben, there's a lot of, a lot of things going up in her, <laughs> her brain. <laughs> she's a she's a nurse she didn't get what she wanted you treated her poorly it's just beating a dead horse over and over and over again so like there's a lot of things going on in there and i think it's just that i don't think it's her necessarily crying over ben because he's nothing to cry about it's just a buildup of emotion period yeah for sure i can see that i don't think morgan cares about ben that much to cry especially since she's such a hard ass like yeah it's definitely not about him Mm -mm. but she says that she's had to be in defense mode the entire time because ben has attacked her character behind her back at that and she would expect for her husband or partner to have her back and he never has dr pia says to ben that it sounds like he was being pretty vindictive about what he was saying and poor thing he's like what does that mean (laughs) so she has to explain what vindictive means again amazing amazing surely he knew what it meant right i i think he was just very confused as to why it was applied to him um, i don't know he seemed genuinely confused to me and he's like <laughs> malicious oh i'm you know which is also you know i don't know it's a big word for him <laughs> you know what i mean um, i was like how do you know what vindictive is but you can use the word malicious i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> So Dr. Pia says that he was purposely telling untruth, aka lies, about Morgan. And she asked him how he would think someone would react to that. And he says aggressively. And Dr. Pia asked why he didn't address Morgan directly. And he says, basically, he's scared. He's scared of having an uncomfortable conversation. So Dr. Pia asked him if he's straight up just intimidated by Morgan. And he says, yeah, even in the conversation that they're having right now, he's kind of scared because she has the same temperament as his dad so he's high-key triggered which is new information to everybody and you can visibly see it he looks stressed he looks scared terrified he says that he wishes she would have come to him in more of a constructive criticism kind of way and he says that he should have told morgan from the beginning that he didn't like the tone that she was using with him And that could have maybe, I don't know, helped some way. 
I get, I, you know, he's feeling his feelings. Um, that's his perspective. But has she ever yelled? No. No, it's just. She's just kind of just strong. Yeah, she's very strong. But I I feel like she's never been rude. Although, no, she did mention. Actually, take that back. Because it wasn't filmed. She did mention that she just flew off the handle one time on the phone. Oh, yeah. When they were with the. When, yeah, she, she was, was trying to house. take us. She was trying to take a step back and not talk about it. And then he called anyway, and she flew off the handle. So that we didn't see, but maybe she flew off the handle there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He says that he's also just been kind of trying to run away from the problem. And Dr. Pia asks him, well, if you've been running your whole life, why wouldn't you try to fight now? And Morgan cuts in and says she doesn't know if Ben doesn't fully comprehend the severity of the situation and how much hurt she felt. And she just cannot understand why she hasn't gotten a genuine apology. Ben says that he does understand and he has apologized, but he doesn't know what else he's supposed to do. But apparently Morgan wants an action and he has no idea what that action is supposed to be like at all whatsoever. Did he say a massage? Yes. I was like, what? No, don't touch her. (laughs) And that's why she was like, no. Morgan says that she hasn't really felt those guilt or remorseful emotions from him and that's what she needs to see like okay yeah you're saying you're sorry but it doesn't seem like you mean it you're just saying it because you think that's what i want you to say Mm -hmm. which is really sad because that that apology he did way back a few episodes ago that was like a really amazing apology she was too blinded with rage yeah uh well no and that was before she found out about all the other stuff so Mm -hmm. it'd have to be a fresh amazing apology (laughs) It basically ends with them. Um, ben says that he hopes that this is at least a step in the right direction. He says that he isn't the best at articulating his emotions, but in the end, he wants for her to be happy and he's worried about saying the wrong thing. If they don't stay together, it would be devastating. So he has a lot of things to work on. And that was all we got from them this episode. He's out of their mind, his mind. There's no way this is working. <laughs> he's crazy. As soon as those roses hit the ground, that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope it's just one more and done. Gosh, absolutely well, terrible. I know in the preview they were talking to Dr. Pepper. Uh-huh. And I also know that from the episode description, we get the other expert next week. Oh, um, that one dude. Mr. Megan Good. Yes. I don't care what his name is. Um yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if it's gonna be the next episode or not. If he's going to be on. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they just won't be on at all. Hopefully. Mm, we can hope. They're just going to be in the group scenes. <laughs> Which she also looks miserable in. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Before we get there, let's go with Stasha and Nate. The twins. <laughs> the twins. Not a lot happened with them. Just a bunch of sexy time. Um, they meet with Dr. Pia. Last time they talked to her, they were not in such a great place. Uh, Stasha says they were working through an obstacle. And Nate brings up the fact that Stasha isn't all in with her trust. For him, it's either he trusts her or he doesn't. And he does. So with her, she's at this kind of like percentage thing. Like she 80% trusts him and she needs to figure out how to get past these issues. Sasha says that there hasn't been a lot of people in her life where she has trusted in the past. And um, basically, if she can't fact check something, then she's not going to trust it. So is the sky blue? Let me go outside and look. Okay, I trust you kind of thing. And it's 
she says it's not Nate. It's not him whatsoever. It's 100% her and her insecurities. Dr. Pia asks if she connects trust with control. She wants them to come together with an activity where Nate is in total control. She has no input. Stasha has no input and can't say anything and has to completely trust that he has her best intentions at heart. Nate is very excited about this assignment and Stasha says she hopes that um, she can you know, get it done and it's going to be hard, but she's going to try. To which Nate says, trying is lying. You just got to do it. And then Stasha says, baby steps. Where that's where the title of the episode comes from. All this time you thought it was Lynn, Lynn, not Lynn Legendi. Legendi. <laughs> How could you forget such a beautiful name? I know. Next we see, there's a little clip of them doing the trust intimacy questions. Nate asks, what body part do you like? being touched the most and she licks him behind the ear oh you know he don't wash back there i know that's exactly what i was thinking um next question do you like routine or spontaneous sex and she likes spontaneous spontaneous sex she doesn't want scheduled on the calendar sex i would see her as a scheduler i feel like she has a busy busy life and it's like yo monday wednesday friday see you then she probably has it in her own calendar, but will say out loud that she doesn't. Mm. She's that person. Mm. Last but not least, we find them in their sex dungeon that I guess production has set up. In yeah, this what weird was this place? Hotel? B and B. It was like a Airbnb. cabin. I don't know what it was, but it was. I don't know either. It was strange. It's made up to be romantic. There's uh, flower petals. There's the the candles lit and all the sex toys on the bed. There's a sex swing, a cock ring, body wax, and a screaming O, which Nate is very excited to try out. And so is Stasha. I was going to say, she was like, oh, I hey, we to try it out again later. <laughs> <laughs> she admits that she has trust issues and she doesn't want to bring that into the marriage. She wants to be proactive and this activity it's going to build trust because she's never done this with any other person. He handcuffs her to the bed, puts some whipped cream in her mouth. Uh, she hesitantly takes the whipped cream in the mouth after a while. Obviously does not trust him. I was going to say, I wouldn't trust him either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. I guess whipped cream is his thing because that's the first thing he goes for. And that's what he did with the stripper. If we haven't forgotten that. True, true, true. So, and then she spits out the whipped cream for some reason. I don't know why. Then this fool covers themselves up and starts eating her out while filming. She's trying not to orgasm on camera and giggling and kicking, which I guess he enjoys. They also try the, the sex swing. And uh, my next note says, this is too much for cable TV. That's what I said too. I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is too real. Cause they are giving each, each other like real like eyes. Yep. Like. Production, get out of here because we about to get it popping. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. I know that look. Mm -mm. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> I did read some comments on Facebook that they thought it was really unfair or like exploitive that they do this to just the only, like one of the only people of color on the episode. I didn't really see it like that. I thought it was just because they're the ones who vibe the most. I you know think I mean? it's, I saw that too. And I think it's more of who's willing to That's true. go there. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this happen with Mark and Lindsay last season. The season before mm -hmm. that, it was Katina That's and Elijah The season mm -hmm. before that, it was Bao and Johnny. Before mm -hmm. that, like 
they it's whoever wants juggle to juggle it up yeah 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 i i thought i that was surprised to see that and i was like well they have lots of chemistry why i don't see why they wouldn't do this you know what i mean whereas you ask mitch and Kristen to do it they're like giggle they already were giggling the entire time and they were just tickling each other <laughs> at 40 years old what are you doing <laughs> all right let's let's close with our favorite couple alexis and justin oh the tree is fallen baby <laughs> so they had the same argument like four times this episode it just mm -hmm. keeps coming back to the same thing so we open to them having a conversation in the kitchen about Alexis's, you know, ec extracurricular activities and her schedule. Uh, apparently, she's going out every weekend, and Justin is not into it. Uh, there's been a lot of I've, there's been a lot of debate online about this. A lot of people are like, "Well, why can't she go and hang out with their friends?" And da 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 da. And you know, we've seen in this episode, it's not so much about her going out with her friends; it's what she's doing. You're a married woman going out to the club till three o'clock in the morning, getting pissy drunk with your friends, getting drinks from dudes, talking to other dudes, sitting in somebody's section, probably doing some mm -hmm. sketchy shit. That's the problem. Also, do we remember her friends? Remember her friends? The three dudes? <laughs> That's right. That yes. Is right. I was like, wait, what friends? Because the people she was introducing this idea to in the very first place on the very first episode with her best friends were three dudes. That's what I would have a problem with. <laughs> and, you know, Justin's even tried to compromise. He's gone out with her, but it's just not his scene. So there's no point in that. I asked my husband about this and he was like, well, I don't see her. I don't, I, he, that he wouldn't have a problem with me going out every weekend for two hours but not to the club if it was brunch we were going shopping we were going to the movies that's fine you know but the club every weekend that's weird it's weird <laughs> with your single friends yeah yeah no so they're going back and forth about it and that's when just when alexis is about to let justin have it she's like you know what i'm gonna wait and that's when i find out that they're gonna be meeting with dr pia and she's at the door knocking they let her in and immediately she says, yo, I could hear y'all in the hallway. What's going on? And they're like, oh <laughs> no, that's just how we talk. We're just naturally loud. We just have really passionate conversations. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. And then immediately start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Pia asked them again, you know, what's going on and they're being all fake. And Alexis is like, oh no, sweetie, why don't you tell her what's going on? So Justin states his issue, and then Alexis tries to make excuses about how it was only two hours the whole week, and it's not like she ever turned Justin down to go out with her friends if it was something that he wanted to do. And she's trying to plead her case, and Dr. Pia asks Alexis why is she so concerned with hanging out with her friends when this experiment is only so much time? It's, you know, you only have these eight weeks, so you should That's really true. be trying to figure out your partner in y'all's relationship and alexis says that spending all day every day with justin is too much and she needs a break she's used to being single and living on her own and doing whatever she wants and she basically didn't expect justin to be so clingy and that's when justin gets on the offense and he says he doesn't ex understand what she expected in getting married so this is when dr pia asks alexis directly why did you want to get married 
Alexa says she wanted a partnership and security. And she keeps bringing up this line from their vows where Justin said she could be free. She needs to be free. She could be herself and be free. And that's not how she feels now. And we said from the beginning that basically she was looking for a doormat and was getting married at first sight to somebody that she thought she could walk all over. Mm -hmm. And now it's not turning out exactly the way she planned it. Uh, she goes as far as to say that Justin wanting to spend more time with her is really him being controlling and manipulative. She says she didn't commit to being with someone 24-7 and she needs her independence at times. And this is when Dr. Pia cuts in and basically tells her she's reaching. Like, <laughs> he's not saying all that. But she, on the other hand, is putting her foot down and saying, well, if I want to go out, I'm going to go out and that's it, period. So Alexis says that isn't the case that she even goes as far as to ask Justin if he's okay with her going out. And Dr. Pia comes back at her and says, well, why do you even do that? If you already know the answer, you already know he doesn't want you to go. And she says, no, well, no, I didn't know before today. This is the first time I'm ever hearing this. And then Justin has to get in and be like, for real today, this is the first <laughs> time. And they start getting into it again. So this is when, um, Dr. Pia asks her if she's ready to be married after she breaks up their argument. And Alexis says that she's a committed and loyal person, but typically if something is frustrating to her and it's continual, she'll tap out. So her sticking this out is why she feels like she's ready to be married. So then Dr. Pia asks, well, are you re ready to be married to Justin specifically? And she's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Like, okay, little miss engaged three times. Did you think the fourth time was going to be the charm? Like what was supposed to be the difference? The complete stranger af uh, aspect was supposed to make it better and make you more ready to be married. I saw a lot of speculation too online where people were like, there's no way she's been engaged. Show us the receipts. <laughs> this was a lie from the gate. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who would dare. <laughs> what three people would dare? Yeah. Well, what would that person say? Um, high school proposal was a pregnancy scare. College proposal, pregnancy scare. <laughs> the third one's up in the air. Hmm. Uh, so at this point, they do like a dramatic commercial break and then they come back. And Dr. Pia asks Justin what it feels like to hear Alexis say that. And he says he's 100% in, but he's not interested in being an option. He values that she's a catch, but he knows that he has, you know, things to bring to the table too. He's a catch and doesn't want to be treated like, you know, whatever, which is a valid point. Yeah, I thought that was pretty astute of him to bring up. And at this point, Alexis cuts him off and they go back into dog gate. Alexis makes this whole grandstand about how she's doing so much to compromise in the marriage. Like Maya isn't at the dog jail right now. <laughs> But Alexa says the whole thing is exhausting. And at what point are they going to admit that? Dr. Pia says, yeah, it sounds exhausting to her too, especially if it's an ongoing pattern. They're supposed to be talking about building trust and intimacy. So she asked them if all of this other stuff has been a barrier in their sexual relationship. And if that's why they haven't had sex. Alexis, baby, when I tell you she dodged this question, she slid on Dr. Pia. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that this conversation was inconducive quote unquote to her mental health not unconducive inconducive <laughs> dr pia asks her why 
And she says she feels isolated, alone, unheard, and dismissed by both of them in this conversation. And that her not wanting to spend time, all of her time with Justin, doesn't make her an unfit wife. That idea is obscene. (laughs) And that there's never been any kind of uh, alternative solution offered besides just staying at home. So now they're going back to that conversation again. And Alexis says they're going to end up going to bed mad if they don't resolve that conversation. Plus, there's no reason to even talk about intimacy because that's not happening. And Justin chimes in and says, no, the reason we're going to go to bed mad is because you said you don't want to be married to me. And that's (laughs) hurtful. And you didn't even think twice about it. So Alexis fake apologizes. This is when Justin takes his ring off. And I thought he was going to start crying, but he held it together for once. Alexis says she's not surprised that he's taken off his ring. She seems very, at this point, she's like cut off. She's totally disinterested in continuing this conversation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pia says that the ring is a symbol of the marriage. So when you took that off, that was a signal of you wanting to be out of the marriage. Alexis says that even though she might not be ready to be married to Justin, she's willing to continue and keep trying. Justin says that her actions need to speak louder than her words. And again, he doesn't care about her spending time with her friends but he's not going to force her to spend time with him either. If her friends come first, then be in the streets with your friends, basically. Yeah. It ends with Dr. Pia basically telling them they both need to change their mindsets now that they're married people. So this was totally unproductive therapy session. Nothing All they do was start a fight. <laughs> Nothing solved. They fought before, they fought during, and fought after. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The next scene we see of them is they're doing the couple's questions. Alexis's slip says, what is uh, she working hardest to change? And she says how she responds to Justin. And he says he's working on how he makes her feel. Then they start talking about this being free bullshit from the vows again. Alexis says that Justin isn't living up to those words. And (laughs) Justin says that he's just asking for a balance. She can live her life, but she also needs to recognize that she's married, has a whole husband at home. She asks him, well, what exactly does he expect of her? Because she's not a homebody. She is out here to turn up. She's turn up Tina, okay? She could go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. (laughs) Stay out till two. Be up at six. Go to work all day and do it again. So (laughs) she's about that life, which, girl, them days should be over. Right? At 30. I'm exhausted just listening to that. I mean, I could probably do it, but who wants to? Yeah. And that's exactly what Justin says. He's cool with just chilling at home, watching a movie, something like that, resting, (laughs) not jumping on the couches. So they move past that and they get to the last question, which is, what upsets you most in your marriage? (laughs) Justin jokes, uh, probably everything about me, huh? And she doesn't find it funny. She doesn't laugh. She says, well, no, actually, it's when you're not being honest or transparent. It actually makes her question if she knows him at all. And he seems genuinely surprised by this. She said she doesn't have, uh, you know, as much security in him as she did before when they were on the honeymoon. Now Justin is upset again. And he's saying that Alexis just doesn't understand him. Even though she says she does, she just does not get him. So then the next scene we see, they're just all over the place, is them trying to do the intimacy activity. Alexis has set up a pole in the living room. You know, she got the titties out. She says that they struggle with intimacy. So this is supposed to be an icebreaker for them to have a romantic, sexy evening. She pulls up a front row seat for him. And of course, they show like 
the slow motion shots of her like swirling around the pole and like twerking or whatever. And then when she does try to do an actual pole move, she like busts her ass immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I was like, if you know you don't have any upper body or core strength, why would you even try to do this? You're not going upside down on the pole if you can't do a pull up. Sorry. <laughs> so immediately after that, she's like, yeah, let's not do this anymore. Let's go sit down. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> and then they play the blindfold game, which again is another trope of the show. I, mm-hmm. I remember Michael and Jasmina did this, right? And it actually helped them. You remember? It was like mm-hmm. a turning point for them. Well, (laughs) so they're like trying to figure out who's going to go first. And I thought Alexis was doing a power play by listening first so that when it was her turn, she could let him have it depending on what he said. Mm. So she puts on the blindfolds first and Justin says that he's going to start with the positive. He says that he appreciates her trying. He appreciates her attitude and how happy she is. But he feels like he comes after her friends and after her dog. He doesn't feel like she's ready to be married. He's frustrated. And he's also ultimately really bothered by the fact that Alexis has not brought up Maya one time since she's been gone. Damn. At the end, he feels like they want different things. And now he's questioning their marriage. He says he still loves her and cares for her. But he's really trying to be cautious. And I guess this has been on his heart and on his mind because he's like relieved to just put it out there. He's like physically like looks like a weight has gone off his shoulder. And so then she's like, okay, can I take the blindfold off? And he's like, yeah. And he puts it on and she says that she knows that he's doing the best that he can, but she's a great woman. And she knows if she's not making him happy, she's going to make someone else happy one day. She's thankful for him and for what he's taught her and the time they've spent together. Also, his family is wonderful and she appreciates that. That sounds like a breakup. (laughs) Yep. I was like, wait, wait a minute. And that's why Justin's like, that's all you have to say? That's it? Are you sure? Even makes her pinky promise. And then we get an ITM where Alexis says that Justin put all his issues on the table and she wasn't trying to do all that. She doesn't see the point in trying to uh, reiterate everything that she's already been saying for the past month. So she's choosing silence. Now, avoiding the problems isn't going to make them go away. All you're doing is just stuffing it down. Yeah, she's done. Which is why this next scene did not make sense to me. If you don't care, then why why are we going through all this ruckus? Yeah. And I would hate to be their neighbor. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially in these new builds now, those walls are paper thin. It's too well, screaming at each other. Hopefully, it's just night. production production next door. <laughs> it's all Nate and Stasha. <laughs> <laughs> but we see in the final segment with them the closed circuit TV clip of. Justin and Alexis's apartment. We can't see them, but we can definitely hear them. Once again, they're arguing about the club and half truths. <laughs> At this point, they have to break the fourth wall and bring in the producer because Alexis is like locked herself in the bathroom. She says that everything has been different since the visit with Dr. Pia. The producer asked what happened and Justin says he came home. They started having a conversation and then Alexis started throwing shit in his face. And he's like, okay, this is the real you coming out. Got you. And, you know, he's basically saying this is all stuff she's been wanting to say and da 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 da. And they're going back and forth and started getting loud. Uh, He says that she's upset with what he said during the blindfold game. And Justin didn't realize she was that affected by it. But at this point, 
he felt like he needed to be 100% honest and direct with her because she was just not comprehending or understanding him. And then, like we said before, he talks about her going out. It's not about her going out. If they were going bowling or to the movies, that would be fine. It's specifically going to the nightclub every weekend and coming home at the wee hours. I only went for two hours. I only went from midnight to two. (laughs) That's when it's happened anyway. You was about to go to sleep anyway. I needed somebody to stay here and watch Newton. (laughs) Poor Newton is walking around all confused. Oh, I'm stressed out. Poor baby. This house is too loud. (laughs) What's that um, family guy meme? I hate it here. (laughs) Um, But at this point, the producer's like, okay, y'all need to come and sit down and talk this out because it's like he said, she said right now. Y'all are both telling two totally different separate stories. So they're sitting at the table, silent. And eventually Justin breaks it and says that he feels like she's not into him and he doesn't feel wanted. She asks him why. And he says, anytime he's tried to have any type of intimacy, he gets shut down. It's been like that since the honeymoon. And he's been trying to figure out what was so different between then and now. And it was the fact that they didn't know each other. So now that you know him, you don't like him. And Alexis straight up asks, is it the fact that she won't sleep with him that makes him not feel wanted? And he says, it's not that. It's that she's not even reciprocating the same energy as he is. Mm -hmm. And again, he doesn't want to have to force her to be around him or want to spend time with him. Alexis says that they just have two different opinions on what married life is versus single life and what that's supposed to look like. And for him to label her as someone that's not ready to get married is his opinion. She just doesn't picture things the same way he does. And he asks her what she does picture And she says she wanted to have fun. She wanted to be able to be herself and do the things she likes to do, but for them to do it together as a team. She's not supposed to be his opposition. And Justin's like, we're just different. I'm not trying to be turn up Tina. I want to stay at home. So that's not going to (laughs) work. At this point, they just have to figure out where they're going to go from here. And that's where they leave it. They're a mess. They are the messiest. They are the messiest. All right. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, the next episodes, again, that clip show was crazy. They are up and they're down yeah. and they're loving each other and they're not. I mean, it does speak mm-hmm. volumes. It speaks volumes that she doesn't want to spend this time with him. I mean, I remember when I first got together with my husband, I just, you know, we were texting all the time, calling all the time, spending time with each other. And here y'all are in a your own apartment for eight weeks this is what you're supposed to do and dedicate all your time to getting to know each other and she's i'm good i'm good (laughs) all right let's finish up with this group outing the boys are playing basketball the ladies are going to the beach again miguel comes in bringing baby lingale or is it what's it called mcgindy (laughs) mcgindy not lingale beautiful name McGindy. That's the restaurant that baby McGindy is going to inherit. That's right. That's right. Uh, Mitch says that the baby threw him for a loop. He thought it was like Miguel's nephew or niece. And uh, yeah, he thinks maybe the therapists think that they have a strong enough marriage where they can throw an additional challenge at them. But if it was Mitch, he would have taken the batteries out and tossed the doll in the closet. Perfect father material. (laughs) Put Luna in there too while you're Jesus. at it. <laughs> Nate says that's what he gets for trying to get it in the honeymoon. 
Did you think it was funny that McGindy was wasn't in a carrier? It was in a car seat. It like didn't have a handle. Cause I was like, why is Miguel carrying it like that? <laughs> and I was like, that's weird. It's not a real baby, so doesn't need a car seat. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. It, just for appearances' sake, they probably sent an intern to the store and who didn't know anything about babies. And like, I guess I'll just get this. <laughs> a stroller would have worked. <laughs> And it would have had a shade so that the baby wouldn't have to wear sunglasses. Well, the baby wants to look cool. Duh. Oh, well, there's that. There's that. Uh, Miguel says that him and Lindy are doing great. The baby's the ultimate cock block, but it's another type of intimacy that they're experiencing where they're acting as a team and getting through this together. They switch over to the ladies and Lindy is saying the same thing, that the baby's actually a turn on for her because it's really cute watching uh, Miguel interact with the baby and taking care of him. And while she's saying this, Morgan and Kristen have a big stank face, a little, little envy there, a little jealousy maybe that Lindy's having such a great experience. Mm. Um, but that was a big old stank face. I think I even screenshot it. <laughs> but Lindy got only three hours of sleep because the baby wakes every two hours. So they're definitely going to use protection and not get pregnant. Um, yeah, that's what happens with newborns. They wake up every two hours. <laughs> You're supposed That's to wake what I saw up on Twitter. Right I was there. like, uh, Lindy does not have any idea how babies work. Even I know that. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, yeah, the point uh, for them to experience that. Uh, then we move along to the Ben and Morgan drama. Ben says that Morgan wants an emotional apology, which kind of like throws all the guys off. Like, what does that even mean? Nate points out that is that even necessary because if is she even going to receive that apology when she's so guarded and ultimately she in, at the end of the day she's not even going to believe you. Uh, switch over to the ladies. Morgan says she's wanting an emotional apology. Alexis asks why she continues to ask for things that she's not going to get. And Stasha jumps in and says, "You'll get it, but then what's the point?" And then Lindy jumps in and says that Morgan is emotionally intelligent and mature and Ben is nowhere near that. He is not capable of any of those feelings or complexity, which is right on. Yeah, I said it again this week, 16 going on 30. Mm-hmm. They switch over to the guys. Ben says he runs away from his problems all the time and that he's really intimidated by how mentally and physically strong Morgan is. Miguel tries to pump him up and say, you know what, you're strong in your own right because, you know, you've had all this adversity and you and you kind of, you know, stood up against that. And um, But yeah, Ben's not trying to hear it. He just dismisses all of that. Doesn't, doesn't know how to take a compliment. <laughs> Mitch thinks that it's not all Ben's fault and that he's actually a really good guy and it's, you know, both of their problems. Then we switch over to Kristen and Mitch. Kristen says that they have paused the sex for a bit because she wants to get to know him better emotionally. And Mitch tells the fellows that they're rebuilding and that he thinks that's like the mature route to go. He's not sure where he's at mentally because um, he's having a really hard time planning the rest of his life with Kristen. But he's really happy. Um, and if, if this continues, he's happy to say yes on decision day and if they're in a good place. But... Uh, Kristen's not like that. She wants, you know, him to say, I love you. She has all these qualifiers before decision day and he doesn't know how that's going to play out. Kristen is telling uh, all the women that she has all her walls up and she has, you know, admittedly pushed him away. 
but she is ready to stop doing that because at the end of the day, the good outweighs the bad. It's not marriage. Uh, it's not the marriage she imagined, but at the end of the day, he's a good guy and he means well. He just needs some guidance. To which Lindy says that she needs to teach him to not be a little bitch anymore. Yikes. <laughs> she has some she was certain like so feelings. She was happy to say that. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like she was saving it up. Like she couldn't wait to unleash on Mitch. I guess she probably knows more that we don't mm-hmm. and does not like him whatsoever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. After that, Alexis uh, starts talking about her and Justin's problems. She thought marriage was supposed to be fun, and Justin just wants to spend wants to spend all his time with her. To which the girls were like, "Okay, y- yes, <laughs> your husband does want is supposed to want to spend time with you." Hello, but she says that she feels like she's a child on punishment. Her relationships in the past were fun and passionate. Um, there was a lot of exploration and spontaneity, I think she said. Sponta- spontaneity instead of spontaneity. <laughs> she loves to make up a word. He's the first partner that is defensive and sensitive. And she doesn't know how she feels about Justin or what he's feeling. Justin feels like that's single people shit. Nate thinks it's very weird that she's going out every weekend. It just doesn't make sense for a wife. And... Mitch says that goes both ways. If Justin was going out every weekend, it'd be weird for him. Just like it's weird for her or anybody who's in a marriage. Justin says it just feels like she doesn't want to spend time with him. Ding, ding, ding. In the ITM, Nate says that he doesn't know Alexis well. But in his gut, he says that she's not in it. He's disappointed in her because she was the snitch that started causing all the rifts in other people's marriages, um, a la Ben and Morgan. And here she is going clubbing. And what is this college or what? So spot on, Nate. Um, I agree with that 100%. Justin doesn't think that she's attracted to him. He's tried to make moves on her and it's not reciprocated whatsoever. And Justin says that in the therapy session that she said that she's ready for marriage, but just not marriage with Justin. Mitch was sure that if anyone was going to make it, it was going to be Justin and Alexis. Um, Justin has compromised a lot and has taken his marriage very seriously. And it seems like Alexis is not doing the same. And that just sucks. And then we end with Justin saying he's just not sure he wants to be married. To- the end. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Hot mess express. <laughs> but that's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a really good time recapping the episode. We hope you all enjoy it. If you have any Cheesemid, don't forget to DM us on our Instagram. We are at Cheesemid Podcast and on Twitter at Cheesemid Every Wednesday, Igby Live tweets the episode and it's always a really good time over there. Igby, anything else? Mm, I have to pee. Oh, In case y'all wondering. <laughs> I had a glass of wine during this podcast. <laughs> All right, y'all, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast so other chismosas can find us. And that's it. Bye. See ya. Stay spooky. Spooky.